0: want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com/brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's slash brands What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is episode 401 for your Saturday, December 18th, 2021. I am your host, JD, from New York. And this is the OTS venue, man. The place to be every single week right here in the IWC. Still a little bit under the weather, man. I have been absolutely... Out of commission the last, uh, I'd say, four or five days. I feel like a complete lazy sack of shit. And I slept till noon today because I just don't feel well still. And I think I'm getting better. I hope I'm getting better. But I had to peel myself off the couch to do this show today. So I hope you guys appreciate me. Opening the venue for you guys tonight. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show. I am going to try and get through this the best that I can. And I swear to God, man, I hope I'm full strength by Monday Night Raw. Because if not, Monday Night Raw is probably going to make me feel sick all over again. Anyway, we got a lot to go over. We got this Kevin Owens news. We're going to talk about that. And I don't want anybody to take what I say the wrong way here. I'm going to try and uh, pick my words wisely. I have absolutely no no ill will towards Kevin Owens whatsoever. All my venom is usually thrown at WWE in some way, shape, or form. I think they're a terrible company. I think their practices as a company are absolutely inhumane. I think they are a, a terrible group of fucking people. I really do. Their creative is the worst ever. Their television shows are dog shit. And their decisions, like this one, just doesn't make any sense. Kevin Owens signed the new contract this week. Great for him. Great for him. I think that's a good move for Kevin Owens. WWE offered him two to $3 million per year. We don't have an exact amount. That was... What was speculated by Dave Meltzer. Two to three million dollars a year over the next three years. It was not a five-year deal. WWE isn't locking people into five-year deals anymore. I, I don't believe. Unless you're a Roman Reigns. But WWE is paying Kevin Owens two to three million dollars a year for the next two or three years. And and I said the next two or three years because we don't know if it's going to go the length of the deal for the full three years. And I find it very weird how a lot of people really aren't raising the question of, I mean, it's none of our fucking business. Kevin Owens is going to do what he's got to do to feed his family and take care of his family. I mean, it is the quality of person that Kevin Owens is to do what he does, take the money, sign with the company. He's putting himself last and his family first. That's great. That's great. It shows the quality human being that Kevin Owens is. And if you follow him on social media, it's very difficult not to love the guy. He's just a down-to-earth, regular, everyday Joe. And that's what we love about him so much. Hardworking, He's just like one of us. He doesn't fit the WWE mold in any way. He doesn't look like the type of superstar that WWE would push to the top of the card or have main event WrestleMania. But, but the thing that really is boggling my mind is the simple fact that WWE has fired over 200 plus people in the last two years for citing of budget cuts. The reasons of budget cuts. And the one big contract that everybody was talking about when he got released was Braun Strowman. WWE had just signed Braun Strowman to a five-year deal at $1.25 million per year and let this guy go. Now, I don't know why they let Braun Strowman go. Everybody cited the reason oh, well, they got Omas on the show and Omas comes at a much cheaper price. And, you know, Braun Strowman really wasn't the monster among men anymore when he got Omas on the roster, who's much taller than Braun Strowman. He's not, as, he's not as athletic as Braun Strowman, he's not as good as Braun Strowman. But WWE let Braun Strowman go because of his hefty contract. WWE let Bray Wyatt go. I don't know how many of you guys really understand this, but Bray Wyatt was let go after signing not too long before they let him go, signing a new deal with the WWE. He was making in the range of $2 million per year as well. They let him go. Who's to say they're not going to do the same thing to Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens is a quality human being, and we're going to talk about uh, all of this when we get into that particular portion of the show, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Also, the news that is on everybody's lips as of this morning, because everybody loves TMZ-style drama, I can't stand it. Sammy Guevara has broken up the engagement with his now ex fiance, Pam, which they made a big deal about on AEW Dynamite. And everybody now is making accusations because this is what the internet wrestling community does. I should send that to Thunder Rosa legit. Jesse, I don't know why you're telling me about Thunder Rosa, bro. Listen, I gave you the weekend off and you're already talking about Thunder Rosa. This guy is telling me that We Are The Warriors song was the was one that I even enjoyed. You should send that to Thunder Rosa legit. This guy's telling me what I got to send to Thunder Rosa now. This fucking guy. Why don't you send it to Thunder Rosa? You're apparently in her DMs asking to, please, please don't kick my ass. It's fucking geek. I'm glad you like my songs though. I was so critical of everything I do here. We love Jesse. Anyway, um, the big news, I mean, I, I don't understand what everybody's talking about with this, making accusations. I mean, this is the thing that the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, does. They make accusations, false accusations. Sammy Guevara is now no longer with Pam, and everybody is throwing Tay Conti's name into the mix. And everybody's bringing up the fact that they've been very, very close to each other on his vlogs and they've had this really close relationship and that she's the reason why he called off the engagement with Pam. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. It is really ridiculous. I mean, if these people actually got off Twitter and went and go or went and had had their own social life somewhere and they communicated with actual human beings instead of other fucking troll accounts online, I think the world would be a much better place, man. I think it would be a lot healthier of a place. Why are you meddling in other people's business and throwing accusations around like that when you have no fucking clue as to what's going on? Nobody gives a shit what you think. This is Sammy's life, this is Pam's life, and this is Tay's life. It's personal, you know? They allow you to be involved in some way. They'll open the door a little bit to show you a little bit of their personal life. That's why you got these vlogs Sammy does his vlog, right? You got the Young Bucks doing Being the Elite. You got Thunder Rosa doing her vlogs. They allow you to see just a little bit of what they do outside of their profession. But meanwhile, people want to jump to conclusions and think that they know the whole fucking story and think that they know everything about these fucking people. I don't get it. So we'll go over that as well, and I got more drama with Darby Allin. I said I was going to talk about this last night during the Rampage coverage. I did not. I saved it for today. Darby Allin and Cora Jade of NXT, they went back and forth in the good old tweet and delete. Darby Allin threw some shade at Cora Jade, and Cora Jade, uh, Pretty much ended Darby Allen there, and that's what happened That That's what happened with that. So, we're going to go over uh, all this, plus I got your weekly SmackDown, AEW, NXT, and everything you need to know about these weekly shows, man. I got it all bunched up for you today right here on Off The Script. I appreciate you joining me on episode 401. We've got a lot to talk about today. And I want to get through my uh, my usual shtick first here before we get into the actual podcast. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 386 likes in the chat right now. Let's try for at least 750 on the live stream chat right now. So make sure you guys go. And hit that thumbs up if you have not done so yet. Get those Super Chats in. Super Chats are a great way to let me know what you guys think of all the great stories on today's OTS. So if you guys want to chime in on anything, you guys can absolutely send in your Super Chats. And we will read them at the end of the show, as always. Go and check out all the other content. That you might have missed on the channel, man. I've been sick all week, but the content is not stopped. So hopefully you guys appreciate it. Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW, Dynamite. That's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Friday, we were here for SmackDown and Rampage. And now we're live here on Saturday afternoon for episode 401. Make sure you guys go check out everything you might have missed on the channel. It's all on the homepage right now. So as soon as you're done here... And you want more content, everything you need is on the homepage. Go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com's got these great new designs. The OTS, throwback, NWO, white and black. And we got the LTB, long-term booking in the Wolfpack black and red. Make sure you guys go and check that out. We got uh, a couple of different colors. We got some ladies' designs as well. So make sure you guys go and check that stuff out. That is bonfire.com. And the link for that is down in the description of this very video, man. Or you guys can just look underneath the video player. You guys will see the entire line of merchandise right there for you. Easy access. It'll take you right to the website. That's bonfire.com. Make sure you guys go and check out my sponsor for today's show, man. AudibleTrial.com Slash Scripts. You guys are going to get 30 days of Audible service for free and one free audiobook of your choice. You guys can cancel at any time. It's audibletrial.com slash scripts. It's a great way to uh, pass the time, man. And everybody loves something for free. Audibletrial.com slash script. And... As always, if you guys want to go and support the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JD from NY 206. Let's get into the top of the podcast, man. Bash eight in the chat. Please shut up. Uh, I I don't know, man. It wouldn't be much of a podcast if I didn't fucking speak. The fuck are you doing here, man? Go to the bar, order a fucking drink, and shut the fuck up. You're in my fucking venue, motherfucker. Get the fuck out if you don't want to be here. Oh, that's right. Hooligrim already tossed you. Goodbye. You don't come into my venue and talk shit to me and disrespect me, man. But, I mean, this is why I got the best mods in the business. That's why I got the best mods in the business. Thank you, Hooligrim. Thank you for taking care of the shit in the chat. Day one. Day one. Let's talk about day one, man. Day one's two weeks away. We got the Nick Conman production of day one. This is his idea. Nick Conman thinks that this is going to be a big deal. And the reason why Nick Con has pushed for day one, reportedly, uh, to be in Atlanta on New Year's Day is because there will be an estimated 350,000 tourists in the area, in the Atlanta area. So the latest on ticket sales for day one is that they've been strong and the upper decks of the arena have have been expanded. And in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer stated that over the course of a week, the show went from 6,769 to almost 9,000 tickets distributed. So the report states that there was a huge movement in the day one ticket sales and there are uh, right now... Uh, There are tickets still available, but it is one of the hottest tickets right now that WWE has, aside from WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns will defend the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Miz was just announced to go one-on-one with Edge, and there will be other championship matches as well. Becky Lynch, I believe, will defend the Raw Women's Championship against Liv Morgan. I don't know what Charlotte Flair will be doing at the show. Uh, There are spoilers for SmackDown, which we may talk about later, because... I mean, I don't really give a shit about WWE spoilers. It's a Christmas Day episode. I don't think you guys will give a shit either. But there's going to be a ton of championship matches on this show. It's going to be a big deal. This show is going to be a big deal. And WWE is actually building this show up better than they did Survivor Series. But that goes to show you how influential Nick Conman is to WWE's overall creative. As soon as that man says something, as soon as that man wants something, WWE jumps through rings of fire just to get it for him. So hopefully it is a good show. And we got a nice little cliffhanger for the main event between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at the end of SmackDown last night as Roman Reigns turned on Paul Heyman, fired him from the bloodline, and gave him a Superman punch. But I do think that it will be a complete swerve, and we will get Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman together. As I do think this is one big plan for Roman Reigns to retain the Universal Championship. So day one is selling well. If you guys are in the Atlanta area and want to go, you guys can still get the chance to go as tickets are still available for that day one show. Cora Jade. Cora Jade tweets about Darby Allen and his supposed... Abuse allegations that were brought to light during the speaking out movement. Darby Allen was trending on Twitter yesterday after a tweet from NXT's Cora Jade that referenced a past abuse allegation about Darby Allen. Started when someone on Twitter suggested Allen versus Jade in a skateboarding match. And Allen responded to said tweet, which was his first mistake. I don't know why you engage with these fucking low-life people on social media, man. It never leads to anything good. I don't know. Maybe Darby was in a bad mood yesterday. I have no idea. But the reaction that he gave to this question and to this tweet prompted Cora Jade to go right for the Mortal Kombat fatality. And then they ended up both deleting their tweets, but they were trending on social media. Um the tweet the tweet said skating is a huge part of my life. Not a fake character for TV. LOL. Darby Allen then deleted the tweet. Jade, who was tagged in the tweets, responded to then deleted tweet following. With this one, and I quote, being a good person with no abuse allegations against me is a huge part of my life and not just a character I play on TV, end quote. So the abuse allegation is a reference to Darby Allin being accused by independent wrestler Holly Cromwell of mental and emotional abuse. She had previously spoken about being abused in a 2020 post But she had not named the person at the time. That changed this year when she included screenshots allegedly of Allen's ex-wife, Priscilla Kelly, now known as Gigi Dolan in NXT, suggesting for her to delete the tweets. It was quite funny that he wasn't mentioned in 2020. But when Darby Allen was named immediately, and this is what I find to be just very weird. About it. Like these people know when to pick their spots, man. They really do. It's quite sad, actually. Now, it's nothing more than a, a, an accusation. We we don't know. There, there's no evidence. There's never gonna be evidence. I'm not saying we shouldn't believe her. I'm not saying we should we shouldn't feel bad for this person, but I mean it's nothing but accusations, right? Soon as Darby Allen got named to be CM Punk's opponent, not all out. That's when his name was brought to light in these 2020 allegations, which I find to be very odd. This was the biggest moment of this guy's career, the biggest match of this guy's lifetime. And all of a sudden now his name is being brought up again in prior abuse allegations. So fucking stupid. And the funny thing is Darby, if he didn't say anything at all, He would have never been in the news yesterday. It was all his fault. Cora Jade did nothing. Cora Jade did nothing. Cora Jade is an innocent person here. And if I'm Cora Jade, you know, and I see this, and I'm being called fake, for whatever reason, and Darby wanted to pick on me for no reason, of course I would have said something bad. I mean, she went right for the fucking... She went right for the jugular with her comment. But I think both parties, at the end of the day, realized that it was fucking stupid of us to do that. And the funny thing is, on Cora Jade's behalf, she's feuding with Darby's ex-wife. Or she's at least feuding with, you know, Toxic Attraction, where Gigi Dolan is a part of Toxic Attraction. You know, who's to say that Gigi... He's not going to have a word with Cora Jade about this. Like, you know, what the fuck, man? Drama for absolutely no reason. And it's drama that happened because of Twitter. Because you got fucking people on Twitter that don't know when to put the goddamn fucking app away. Like, why are you on Twitter 24-7 talking about professional wrestling? Seriously. Seriously. Oh, yeah, let's get a match between Cora Jade and Darby Allin because they love to see... Is this what you guys think about on a daily basis? Darby did not need to tweet that. I don't know why he tweeted it. But I don't blame Cora Jade for going right for the jugular because he came at her for absolutely no reason. Get off Twitter and go find something a little bit more productive to do. Seriously. I'm talking to everybody here in the chat and everybody in the fucking industry as well. Twitter makes everything worse. Get the fuck off of it. It's nothing but a goddamn cesspool. Now, the other big story here, as far as this TMZ drama, I feel like fucking Keemstar over here. Sammy Guevara and Pamela, his ex-fiancee, have split up. This was in the news today and This actually got Tenara Conti trending on social media. It's amazing. It's amazing how people live vicariously through these figures, these public figures that they see on TV and have no life of their own, man. They're seeking some form of entertainment that they somehow can't find in their own life. It's amazing to me. Sammy Guevara announced on Twitter that he and Pam have split up. The couple got engaged during an episode during an episode of AEW Dynamite earlier this year. Fans have been speculating about the couple no longer being together since she hasn't been appearing on his vlogs as of late. This tweet from Sammy confirmed the news, and I quote, I know a lot of you have supported us for a long time, and we have appreciated it so much over the past several years since you've all given us so much love and support, we figured We owe it to y'all to let you know that we are no longer in a relationship. We still love each other and wish nothing but the best for one another. We would appreciate your kindness and respect to our privacy during this time. Sam and Pam, end quote. So obviously this got everybody in Sammy's mentions and it got Tainara Conti trending on social media. Apparently, They were shown very close in several vlogs, pictures together and whatnot. I I don't know. I don't watch Sammy's vlogs on a regular. I don't. And it's none of my business who he wants to sleep with or who he wants to be with or the fact that he has split from Pamela. He said it at the end of his tweet. We would appreciate your kindness and your respect. Please, to our privacy. I don't know how much kindness people are giving Sammy Guevara, Pam, and Tanara Conti if they're throwing around allegations that clearly nobody really knows about. Again, get the fuck off of Twitter. These people have absolutely no lives of their own, and they're meddling in other people's affairs, and they're making things so much worse. You know, it it probably would have been best for Sammy not to say anything on social media. Just keep it between him and Pamela. But now that he put this out there, now people are going to begin speculating more and more. I got Tenara Conti trending on social media. She probably woke up this morning with all these fucking mentions in her Twitter box, on her Twitter, and she's probably looking at her phone like, what the fuck? I don't believe you people, man. I really don't. If you all got the fuck off Twitter and went and found somebody for yourself and go communicate with somebody else that's a real-life person instead of some fucking moron with a goddamn fake avatar and a bunch of numbers behind his name that was computer-generated by Twitter, I think we'd all be in a much happier place, don't you think? I feel bad for this fucking guy. I really do. Who knows why they broke up? Who gives a shit? It is between Sammy and Pam. It's between whoever Sammy is dating now and Sammy. Who gives a shit? Are you gonna rest easy at night knowing that Sammy Guevara is with Tano Arcanti? Are you gonna have fucking nightmares knowing that they're not together? Like, I don't understand people. How does this enrich your life? How? It's amazing to me. All you and I should be concerned with is who Sammy's in the ring with next, defending the TNT title, which by my clock, it's going to be Cody Rhodes next week. That's the only thing you should be concerned with. The only thing you should be concerned with is respecting this guy's wishes and showing this guy respect towards his fucking privacy. That's it. Now, but people want to meddle in other people's affairs. Because they have no hobbies or life for themselves, it's quite sad. I wish nothing but the best for Sammy and Pam, and I wish nothing but the best for Tainara Conti because she's got her name thrown into this, and I, and God knows what the fuck people are saying. I have you go on Twitter, man. I you go click on Tainara Conti or type in Tainara Conti on the search, man. I don't even want to know what the fuck is on there. I don't. What a what a cesspool of garbage. Is social media, really. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy says, WWE may have jumped the gun on Jeff Hardy being fired. Drug test expected to come back clean in regards to Jeff Hardy. Then you got Eric Bischoff saying that he doesn't want to see Jeff Hardy in pro wrestling anymore and that he should never sign with AEW. I mean, I, I get it. I get that we're all looking out for Jeff Hardy's safety. I I, I get it. I know Eric Bischoff was there when Jeff Hardy had his victory road issue with Sting, I believe, right? He was in charge over there. I get it. I get everybody wants to look out for Jeff Hardy. But Jeff Hardy, apparently, according to his family, who knows him best, Eric Bischoff doesn't know him best. His family knows him best, says that he's incredibly happy. He's healthy, he's playing music, and he's living life. He's going to be spending his his time with his family during the holidays and everything's looking great. Why are we to doubt Matt Hardy? I don't understand it. If Matt says Jeff is good, I think Matt would be the one fucking person to believe about Jeff Hardy's condition. Oh, you don't think Matt, you don't think Matt Hardy would be open and honest about Jeff? On the House Hardy Twitch stream, Matt provided an update on Jeff Hardy. Matt said he got to spend some time and speak with his brother Jeff over the weekend, and Jeff wants to make a music video. It's good for him. Let that creativity flow. Music and creating music. I would know. I've done it. My brother currently does it in Legionary. It's a great outlet to just let all your creativity flow, man. It's great. He wants to create music and make a music video. That's fantastic. Got my full support in that, man. Nothing more, nothing more I appreciate than someone who fucking puts his feelings and emotions into fucking music, man. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Matt said they agreed to schedule something in the next few weeks. Matt said he spoke to Jeff as he was leaving AEW Dynamite last week and on his way to the airport when Jeff told him that WWE was releasing him Matt added that he will be making Matt Facts videos for the House Hardy Twitch stream, and the first would include Jeff on it. Jeff then announced some upcoming concert dates, and then the video cut back to Matt. Matt said his brother is doing well, and there's no reason for concern, and that he's not worried about anything right now. Matt also put over WWE for getting his brother into rehab in 2019, and Matt said that time uh, he doesn't believe Jeff, Well, at this time, Jeff doesn't need rehab. And Matt made it clear that there is no reason to be worried or concerned about Jeff. And he feels good about the night in question. But it's Jeff's story to tell. And I'm sure Jeff will have every moment and instant to tell his story when he wants to. I'm sure Jericho will allow him on Talk is Jericho or somebody will allow him on that platform. And if Jeff wants to tell his side of the story there on what happened, then he will so do it. It's on him when he wants to do it. There's no rush. It was interesting to note that Matt also said Jeff took a drug test and that he's confident that it will come back clean and he understands WWE's stance on things, but that, you know, the company may have jumped the gun very quickly this time. Before anyone rushes to judgment, obviously they, WWE, drug-tested him after all this stuff, wait until you hear the results of that, and when that comes back clean, then hopefully people will feel better about it, Matt said. Wrestlingnews.co reported over the weekend that a WWE source saw Jeff backstage, and that person of interest did not think that Jeff Hardy was under the influence before he went out for that tag team match in Texas. I think... I think everybody made a huge deal about this for no reason, and I honestly think it goes along with what every with everything that I said about Darby and Cora Jade and Sammy and Tay, and Tay Conti. This is their personal life, and they allow you in only so much. And it is very difficult being a public figure, man. It it really is. I can't stand fucking being a goddamn public figure. You know, I got to watch what I say every fucking week. You know, some of the things that I really want to say, I can't. I got to be on my best behavior because there's somebody in this fucking chat I guarantee you waiting for me to slip up. And it'll be on social media within the fucking next hour. Matt Hardy, if Matt Hardy says that Jeff is happy, clean, and healthy, then Matt Hardy is to be believed. And that's it. And again, you know, it was very weird what happened. Nobody, nobody thought, and I certainly did not say it, that Jeff intentionally got himself fired. I I merely raised a talking point and a question to said topic. It's not out of the realm of possibility that this guy was just fed up with everything and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm done. I'm done. And I said, I don't believe WWE with how strict they are about everything that they would allow him to go out there inebriated and wrestle. So if this source came to WrestlingNews.co and said that Jeff was backstage and he did not look inebriated or was not under the influence, then I believe this WWE source. Could have been a multitude of things. He could have been dehydrated. He could have been tired. He could have been fatigued. Could have been a COVID related thing. Who, Who the fuck knows? Or maybe he was just at wit's end and said, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just done. Walked into the crowd. He snapped a couple of pictures with fans. He clearly was drug tested. Matt says he's going to come back clean. And that's it. Now, all we do is wish him nothing but the best. And all we do is wait for his next move. If he wants to go and make music, go and make music. But there's been big teases not only from Matt, Jeff, But the Young Bucks, I mean, they got a picture of fucking Jeff Hardy on the top of their Twitter header. I mean, yeah, we get it. We we know where Jeff Hardy's going. We know where Jeff Hardy's going. But let the guy celebrate the holidays. Let him do what he's gotta do. And we wish him nothing but the best. Seriously. Now Eric Bischoff says that Jeff Hardy, he needs to get out of wrestling. I don't want to see him go to AEW, says Eric Bischoff. He says, and I quote, here's what I hope. I hope, Jeff, that if he needs help, if he has an issue, and we don't know, we're assuming, it's easy to assume based off Jeff's history. By the way, looked at the video footage from the match where Jeff walked out because I was curious. I hope Jeff gets whatever help he needs. I hope he gets out of wrestling. I don't want to see him go to AEW, I don't want to see him go back to WWE. I would hope for Jeff's sake that Jeff doesn't want to go back to WWE or go to AEW. There's a time when in order to heal in order to get healthy and I don't want to sound like Tony Robbins, but he's only 40 something years old. He's young. He still has a whole lifetime in front of him. There's a point when you're struggling. You have these kinds of situations you find yourself in over time And you've been struggling with the same issue over and over. Yeah, you have six months or a year where things are under control. And then you fall back into it again. You have to ask yourself, is it time to change my world? Is it time to change my environment? Is it time to change what I do for a living? Is it time to change where I put my priorities? Because if putting your priorities and being involved in this industry is at least not helping your situation and possibly making it more difficult... It's time to walk away. You know, it's amazing how a lot of people don't want to see him go to AEW like Eric Bischoff. You know, I don't think going to AEW is going to be a problem for Jeff Hardy. I don't. And I said this when I talked about this last week when this was a story. If Matt is there and he's on the roster with his brother, I don't think Matt is going to allow Jeff to fall back into that dark pit. You know, I don't think Tony Khan would allow that to happen either. And not when you have locker room leaders there like Cody Rhodes and the Bucks and fucking Eddie Kingston of all, and CM Punk and Brian Danielson. You, you, you think with these, with these men in this company, That Jeff Hardy would ever fall back into that while on the road with AEW. I find that very difficult to believe. Jeff goes to AEW. He's going to AEW to fulfill his one final dream of having one more run as the Hardy Boys with Matt. And nobody's going to take that away from him. Nobody is going to take that away from him. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Maybe he walked away because he wants to be back and close with his fucking brother. I mean, what was Jeff doing in WWE anyway? They didn't fucking value him. They did pissing piss in a fucking cup, bringing his alcohol fucking problems to TV, calling him a fucking alcoholic on TV in a feud with Sheamus. They buried this fucking guy on TV for as long as you could possibly imagine. And all of a sudden, they want to push him because, oh, my God, he got a big reaction in Brooklyn. Oh, look, the 40-something-year-old Jeff Hardy is still over with the fans. Maybe we could get a one final run out of him with Roman Reigns. Yes, that's all Jeff Hardy's good for. Yeah, let's feed him to Roman Reigns just like everybody else. And where where does Jeff Hardy go back after he loses to Roman Reigns? Right back to being a fucking nobody. This guy was out chasing for the 24 fucking title 24-7 title. At one point. If he wants to go to AEW, who the fuck is anybody to tell him no? And you don't think Tony Khan is going to want to sign Jeff Hardy? Jim Ross has already stated publicly, it would be foolish for AEW to not sign and pick up Jeff Hardy. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand these people. Now, but Eric Bischoff knows everything. Eric Bischoff knows everything. He's talking about AEW ratings and how the AEW is doing this wrong and that wrong and this wrong and that wrong. Why aren't you running a fucking promotion? Where are you? Got such a big fucking mouth telling Tony Khan what to do and what not to do. Where the fuck are you? Oh, that's right. You got fired by WWE. I wonder why. I was ready to give you a chance, by the way. I was ready to give Bischoff a chance. But Bischoff, we know why Bischoff was brought back to WWE. He was merely used there as nothing more than a fucking scapegoat. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's going to be running the SmackDown side on, uh, on creative. Yeah, we got Paul Heyman. We got Eric Bischoff running SmackDown, Yeah, and then when the ratings went down to the fucking toilet like they are right now, uh, who are they going to blame? Eric Bischoff. Goodbye. Brought him in to fucking use him as a fall guy for when things go bad because Vince and Bruce certainly won't take the fucking blame for anything that's going wrong. Jeff Hardy's going to do what he wants to do, and we should be happy with whatever decision Jeff Hardy makes. Monday Night Raw. Shit. An absolute dumpster fire. This week, 1213 viewership dips, key demo rebounds. This week's edition of Monday Night Raw saw its ratings uh, come in at (laughs) 1.5. Oh, man. 1.5. 1.5, man. Jesus fucking Christ. 1.573 million viewers on the USA Network. This is down from last week. 1.599 1.599 million viewers. The 18 to 49 demo saw the average rating uh, of a 0.39. That is up from the 0.35 the show did the prior week, which was the lowest key demo rating the show has done in its history. It's amazing how you got these fucking geeks online, man, claiming, oh, hey, 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 AEW's dying. Hey, AEW's dying, man. Yeah, why don't you take a look in your own fucking backyard and clean up your own shit before you start fucking calling shit out on other people? Seriously. Let fucking Tony Khan worry about what he's got to worry about, okay? It's amazing how people want to claim AEW's dying, but Monday Night Raw, they act as if it's not a fucking terrible program. The 18 to 49 demos saw the 3 hours come in as such 0.39 0.40 and 0.37 hour 1 did a 1.62 hour 2 did a 1.627 and the third hour get this folks a 1.474 million viewership it's amazing roll ranked number 6 in the top 150 shows on cable for the night which is up from the number eight ranking last week in NFL game, of course, was at the top of the list and drew over 7.9 million viewers on ESPN. You know, it's getting more and more difficult to watch Monday Night Raw. And we all know the creative is terrible. They buried every single baby face on that show Monday night. They legitimately had Bobby Lashley beat Seth Rollins Kevin Owens and Big E to get into the day one WWE championship match at day one. It is it is so mind-numbingly numbing, mind stupid. It's not even funny. Like, if you wanted to add Bobby Lashley into the fucking match, just add him into the match. Why did he need to make everybody else that's in the match, including the WWE champion, look like a blithering fucking loser? I don't get it. No, but this is this is really creative writing from Bruce Prichard and team, right? Just add Bobby Lashley to the fucking match. Why are you taking your WWE champion and having him lose in a match that basically made no sense and did not need to happen? Whose fault is that by leaving Bobby Lashley out of the day one fucking main event or the day one show altogether? If you wanted to add Bobby Lashley, why didn't you add him into the fucking mix when you were feuding all these guys together from the very beginning? You basically fucked yourself by adding Bobby Lashley this late in the game. Now everybody else looks like a fucking loser. And I said on Monday night during the post show, if Bobby Lashley doesn't win the WWE championship, everything that you did on Monday Night Raw was a complete waste of fucking time. Seriously. If Bobby Lashley does not win the day one WWE championship match for the WWE title in that Fatal 4-Way, everything that you watched was a complete waste of fucking time. Everything. They've already made the ladder match that Seth Rollins won a complete waste of time, but WWE doesn't expect us to remember that Seth Rollins won a fucking ladder match to get into this title match to begin with. Why am I the only one that complains about this shit? I mean, do you like to look like an idiot while watching television or your favorite television show? Why is there such a problem when I call out the stupidity of these writers on Monday and Friday night? Bobby Lashley needs to win that match. He buried Rollins, Owens, and he beat the WWE champion on Monday night to get into this match. If he doesn't win the championship, then how does that make Bobby Lashley look? Makes him look like a fucking loser. On top of everybody else already looking like a loser. So stupid. Then Finn Balor and Damian Priest lost their tag team match. Apparently, uh, champions cannot find a way to win on this fucking program. Finn Balor and Damian Priest lost. United States champion loses. After he's been given such a decent run as United States champion. Yeah, let's put him in a tag team match and have his team lose to fucking Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. You fucking kidding me. Then Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. I mean, I claimed that the Liv Morgan run is going to be very short-lived. Liv Morgan is now claiming that she wants this Liv Morgan fangirl that apparently is being compared to the Miz girl. Remember the Miz girl? Apparently there was this Liv Morgan girl that was very upset that she didn't win the match and that Becky Lynch cheated. Liv Morgan wants her in Atlanta at day one. Yes, please tell me that you're going to win the title without telling me you're going to win the fucking title. And do you think Becky Lynch is going into WrestleMania as uh, as a non-champion? Do you think Becky Lynch is going into WrestleMania without the Raw Women's Championship? You, you guys got to be kidding me. You guys got to be kidding me. Come on. WWE is building Liv Morgan up for what exactly? How is this going to make Liv Morgan look any better than what she looks like now? Nobody's interested in Liv Morgan. Nobody. Everybody wants to see her succeed, but WWE's writing is not doing her any favors at all. And Becky Lynch, I mean, her fucking character is so goddamn awful. It is to the point where I, I, I walk away every time she's on TV. Or I mute the fucking television program when she's on. I I can't listen to her speak. She is genuinely fucking terrible. Monday Night Raw was a dumpster fire. It's the best way for me to put it. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens, the big news this week: Kevin Owens signs a new WWE contract. Fightful Select is reporting that Kevin Owens has resigned with the WWE. On a new multi-year deal. It was said by sources that WWE made Owens an excellent offer and that the company is over the moon about keeping him with the brand. Negotiations between Owens and WWE reportedly began in the fall of 2021. It's previously reported, WWE has been featuring Owens as well as Sami Zayn a lot on TV in recent weeks because they want to keep them happy so they can sign new deals so they can keep them away from all elite wrestling. Fightful added that the feeling amongst the talent in AEW is that they did not think that AEW would realistically match the offer that WWE made to Owens. If Owens would have let his deal expire, then there would have been interest from AEW. In recent months, the Young Bucks have teased bringing Owens in since they have a history from their days in PWG as the Mount Rushmore faction alongside Adam Cole-Bebe. Owens is currently in a featured program for the WWE Championship, where he will challenge Big E, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley on January 1st. Now, WWE is reportedly paying Kevin Owens 2 to $3 million per year to stay with the company. Before the news came out, there were some speculation That Owens could have been headed to AEW, but some wrestlers in AEW reportedly believe that while All Elite Wrestling would have been interested in signing him, the promotion would not have made a matching offer to Owens at all. Dave Meltzer reported on the Wrestling Observer Live this week that the new deal is for three years and Owens is being paid 2 to $3 million per year. Meltzer says this, and I quote, he signed a three-year deal with WWE. I believe it was actually a couple of weeks ago when this happened. I'm sure there'll be more on it this week, but it's a very good money deal. I think the feeling was that it was a better deal than he could get in AEW. It's a two to $3 million range per year, end quote. Meltzer added that Owens did get a no-cut clause put into his deal So the company can't release him before his deal is up. This amount of money puts him amongst the top tier list of highest paid people in the company. Top wrestlers such as Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are making above $5 million per year. Now, I didn't really know that before I actually read this live on the air. I didn't know he got a no-cut clause put into his deal so the company can't release him before the deal is up. If he actually negotiated that, then he is the smartest man in the entire fucking company. So he can't get cut. So we are guaranteed in writing that Kevin Owens is going to be a part of WWE programming for the next two to three years, which makes him signing this deal the fucking smartest thing he's done in, in, in his entire career. This is the smartest thing he's done in his entire career. Easy money. Easy money. This amount of money does put him in the upper echelon of wrestlers like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. WWE rewarded Wyndham Rotunda for his great in-ring work and ability to captivate audiences with his creepy character, The Fiend. He received a huge money deal to stick around with the company before fans knew it. He was released. He was looking for new opportunities. We now know just how much of that big contract Bray Wyatt was making. In this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer compared the new deal signed by Kevin Owens to the one that Wyatt signed. In doing so, he revealed the terms of Wyatt's final contract. Meltzer says, and I quote, the two to $3 million a year range is so blinding to people they sign, not realizing it's a 90-day contract that renews every day at WWE's sole discretion. It's how they got Wyndham Rotunda. He was going to get $3 three-year term. So $3 million a year for the next three years. They wanted a five-year deal. He held and said no. They inched up towards four. He jumped at it. But it's still a 90-day contract. And with the higher number, it takes less and less to trigger a release. Now, why did Kevin Owens sign with WWE instead of exploring options with All Elite Wrestling? Kevin Owens actually came out and publicly said this himself as to why he signed with WWE. He says, and I quote, I'm just going to say that it still ends on January 31st, but not 2022. I'm going to be there for several years. The 37-year-old Kevin Owens explained the decision It was pretty easy because it really was the best thing for my family. When it comes to that, it's always a pretty easy decision. WWE has been my home for seven years, so I have a sense of belonging. Basically, I spent most of my career there. When you look at all the wrestling companies I've wrestled in, in WWE, that's where I've been the longest. That's where I need to be for the next few years. That's how I felt, and that's the decision I made, end quote. And the backstage reaction to Kevin Owens signing with the WWE. FIFA Select has heard from several WWE wrestlers and staff about the re-signing. The news was received unanimously in a positive light from those people. It was said that Owens is well-respected and liked within the locker room. One wrestler referred to him, and I quote, as a good moral compass who cares about the safety and well-being of others. Another person said Owens is deserving of a huge deal for any number of reasons. WWE sources said that they were pretty sure as of three weeks ago that Owens was going to resign with the company. The media outlet has also heard from several people in AEW regarding the news. Most everyone was happy for him and believed AEW would be on the table whenever his deal was up. Owens is said to maintain good relationships with many people there. One source said that anyone who knows Owens understands that his priorities are with his family first. You know it's it's not that it's not that confusing of a situation. You know, I think us as fans, us as fans, we get we get greedy. you know, we we sometimes don't look at how the wrestler is feeling, or what the wrestler or the talent is thinking. We only want what we want as far as what we think is best for them. I know a lot of people wanted him in AEW for a variety of reasons. I know everybody wanted him in AEW to to join the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and do all this shit on AEW television, but when it comes down to it, the thing is, if Kevin Owens went to AEW, how much of Kevin Owens would you be seeing on television? You, you do realize that AEW right now. And I'm sure Tony Khan knows what he's doing. I'm sure he's got all of those day one contracts coming up and he's going to free some payroll at the end of the year. You know, how much of Kevin Owens would we be seeing on AEW television? It would probably go right back to the Adam Cole situation. Everybody. Body is complaining about Adam Cole joining AEW and how he's made a terrible, terrible decision. He's feuding with Orange Cassidy. He's feuding with the best friends. He's kissing the young bucks on television. This guy was a fucking made man in WWE. Triple H made him the fucking number one guy in the company. This guy was having fucking match of the year after match of the year, and now he's on AEW television kissing fucking Matt and Nick Jackson and wrestling Orange Cassidy and Wheeler, Utah, and not doing Adam Cole-like things, these people are clueless. These people are fucking branded. These people don't have the patience it requires to watch somebody with the talent of Adam Cole get where he needs to go. It's all about the fucking journey for me, man. If you don't think AEW is about long-term booking and you're not ready and willing to invest in long-term booking, then stop fucking watching the show. If Kevin Owens went to AEW, it would be nothing but complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint. Oh, Adam Cole is this. It would be the same thing with Kevin Owens. Oh, Kevin Owens is not the way he used to be in WWE. He's now a joke. Oh, He's wrestling Orange Cassidy. He's doing this. He's doing that. Nobody would appreciate Kevin Owens the way Kevin Owens should be appreciated. People would find some way to cut him down. People would find some way to bitch and moan about what Kevin Owens was doing in AEW and how it doesn't measure up to what he was doing in WWE. You know it was going to be a thing. Kevin Owens signed a Three-year contract at 2 to $3 million a year, and he included and asked for a no-cut clause. How many people on that roster have that included in their contract? How many? I don't know of any. Everybody should be asking for a no-cut clause. Everybody. He doesn't want to be out on his ass after... Hearing all these promises of grandeur from WWE only to be released in a fucking year. Because WWE doesn't require him anymore or doesn't value him anymore. I don't give a shit what Kevin Owens does. I just want Kevin Owens. You know, you know, you know, the greedy part of me. You know, when my greediness comes in, and this isn't really greediness, this is something that we should really expect from the creative fucking team of WWE. With somebody with the talent of Kevin Owens on their fucking roster. You know what I want as a fucking fan? I don't give a fuck where Kevin Owens goes. If he goes to Raw, if he goes to SmackDown. You know what I want as far as Kevin Owens in WWE? I want him to be treated like the fucking guy we know he should be treated as. That's what I want. You got Kevin Owens on your roster for the next three years. I don't want to see Kevin Owens shows every fucking week. I want to see Kevin Owens doing what he does best. So many times this guy has been given a push and then had it scaled back. Given a push and had it scaled back. Then he's in this fucking midst of just zero creative. Kevin Owens shows here. Kevin Owens shows here. Oh, He's, he's going to Raw for a fresh start. He's now going to SmackDown for a fresh start. Kevin Owens is the one guy every single draft or shakeup that's been moved to the opposite brand every single fucking time. Why is that? Because WWE doesn't know what to do with him. That's what I want. That's where the selfishness in my fandom of Kevin Owens comes in. I want him to be treated good. I do. I want him to sign this deal, support his family, but I also want creative to take care of him as well. Will they? I don't know. I don't know. But we as fans don't have to worry about his well-being anymore because his contract is ironclad. It's, it's three years and that's it. He can't be cut. Good for him. Good for him. Everybody should be asking for that. But my question is, and this is not for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens signing this deal, I don't blame him at all. I mean, if I was given a no cut clause and two to three million dollars per year to stay put in WWE and support my family the way that he's going to be supporting his family, I would sign the fucking deal too. I wouldn't turn that down and go to AEW. But the thing is, and this is what I find most bizarre. Does WWE really value Kevin Owens? That's what I want to know. If WWE has valued Kevin Owens, then WWE would have given Kevin Owens the platform to be a main event act for years to come. Kevin Owens has been treated and has come off like a mid-card act for all the time he's been there. He's not the prototypical guy that WWE books at the top of the card. He's a great hand. You could put him in a feud with anybody, and it's going to be great. You could put him in a main event role and have him go up against any of the world champions. It'll be great. But the last feud with Roman Reigns, that did not sit well with me at all, man. That feud with Roman Reigns is... If you look at all of the Roman Reigns feuds that he's had as universal champion outside this last feud right now with Brock Lesnar, the one with Kevin Owens was my personal favorite. It was my personal favorite. And I remember so vividly when we were talking about this feud and we were watching these guys just kill it in the ring, the matches that they were giving us. I said, if WWE doesn't realize that they have a main event guy in Kevin Owens after this Roman Reigns feud and don't follow up on him after this Roman feud, Kevin Owens is never going to be where we want him to be in WWE. And what did WWE do? It was all on them. He proved that he could hang. He proved that he could be in the ring with somebody like Roman Reigns. He looked better for it. And when Roman Reigns was done with Kevin Owens, where did Kevin Owens go? He was wearing fucking ties and doing Kevin Owens shows and didn't really even get much of anything to do after that. WWE failed Kevin Owens. And this is the one thing that sticks out to me. Does WWE really value Kevin Owens to give him 2 to $3 million per year? Why did they pay Kevin Owens, of all people, 2 to $3 million a year? You know, he's 37 years old. This is a company that is absolutely as hypocritical as they come. We can sit here and fucking be as happy as pigs in shit for Kevin Owens for taking the money and supporting his family. Great. But we as fans worry that over the next two to three years... Is Kevin Owens going to be treated creatively just as good? Is it going to be worth the two, the 2 to $3 million a year that WWE is paying him? I don't know. Maybe they prove me wrong. Maybe they prove us wrong. I have no fucking idea. But WWE, as hypocritical as they are, he's not really somebody that looks the type of, the type of guy that they want to push. He's definitely not in the age demographic when... WWE has made it very abundantly clear that they want to get younger. They cut over 200 fucking people over the last two years for the same reasons of budget cuts. Meanwhile, they're throwing money around, 2 to $3 million a year to sign fucking Kevin Owens. Do they really value Kevin Owens enough? I don't think so. What was their real motivation to keep him on the fucking brand? What was their motivation to keep him on the brand? That's what I want to know. Did they just do it to keep him away from AEW? Do they realize that they have a very dire problem right now in the company? And AEW is really the place to be? Oh, no, we don't want to lose any more talent to Tony Khan. Kevin Owens should be treated as a main event guy for the next two or three years. Is this finally going to wake up WWE? That's what I want to know. I don't think so. I think they've taken Kevin Owens for granted. I don't think Kevin Owens is going to be a main event guy. I honestly think they kept him around. Jesse, yeah, yeah, I Absolutely, my favorite moment in Raw history is Kevin Owens winning the Universal Title thanks to Triple H. Yeah, that was a great fucking moment. That was a great moment. I would absolutely think that's probably my favorite moment as well. I would even say, I would even say, and this is this this just comes from my love for Triple H's NXT. Kevin Owens feuding with John Cena. I mean, you, you never seen anything like that. I mean, that was that was something special when an NXT talent like that came up to the main roster and he was the NXT champion. I believe John Cena was the United States champion at the time if I'm not mistaken. He might have been the United States champion at the time, and Kevin Owens he destroyed John Cena on his debut night, stepped on the United States Championship and held up the NXT Championship. To me, that's a symbolic fucking moment right there. WWE does not value Kevin Owens at all for the money that they're paying him. Something is Something's not right there. Something's not right there. I honestly think that their motives are elsewhere and their motives are not for creatively enhancing Kevin Owens. I honestly think this was a money move to keep him away from going to AEW because WWE is not going to admit that they have a fucking problem. They have a problem with, with their talent and not keeping them happy. And the thing is, Kevin Owens is a smart guy to know that he acts for a no-cut clause. But I don't know how anybody in that company can listen to WWE spew them bullshit when renegotiating a contract and listen to the fucking bullshit that these people constantly spew. Yes, Kevin Owens is in a WWE championship feud with Big E. He's there with Bobby Lashley and Kevin Owens. But he looked like a fucking jobber on Monday night. Is this going to lead to a WWE championship run for Kevin Owens? They only do so much to keep you happy. And then when they got you locked down, then they can do whatever the fuck they want with you. But under no circumstances should these people, and Kevin Owens is a rarity with that no-cut clause. But under no circumstances should anybody renegotiate with WWE and actually believe the bullshit that they spew to keep you there. I just find it very weird how this company is saving so much money or wanting to save so much money, but they want to throw $3 million at a 37-year-old Kevin Owens just to simply keep him away from AEW it is very very weird to me that's the part that doesn't sit well with me man and the part that really just stands out as WWE being one fucking hypocritical company financially it doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't make any sense to me you could you could fill kevin owen's spot with anybody in NXT why give him 3 million dollars if you're paying him $3 million, he better be coming off as a $3 million fucking professional wrestler. I just hope to God that this man creatively is going to be taken care of. And as far as WWE's track record is concerned, I am not banking on that at all. It's fucking ridiculous, man. And, and, and another thing before I move on to the next story. Everybody's like, oh, Tony Khan, oh, Tony Khan, he can't, he can't pay Kevin Owens. Tony Khan could pay Kevin Owens whatever the fuck he wanted. Tony Khan could have easily matched what WWE paid him. But the thing is, Tony Khan is smart enough to know that after his three years is up, Kevin Owens is probably looking to make that huge once-in-a-lifetime WWE contract He's 37 years old. He'll be 40. AEW will still be around for Kevin Owens to walk on in there and do whatever he wants to do. Maybe Kevin Owens has some bucket list items he wants to check off all in WWE. Who knows? Maybe there are people there that he still wants to get in the ring with and have some barn burners with. I'd love to see Kevin Owens in in the ring with Edge at a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. But for the people claiming that Tony Khan couldn't pay Kevin Owens and he didn't have enough money to pay Kevin Owens, you got to be out of your fucking mind. Why are you willingly going to go and match WWE's offer for Kevin Owens to bring him on into AEW, knowing that it's not a good financial move for your company, knowing that there are so many other talents that he's probably already talking to to bring on into the company? Tony Khan is in no position to sign $3 million for Kevin Owens. He could throw that money around and sign three fucking free agents on the free agent market right now. He doesn't need Kevin Owens for $3 million. AEW will be there waiting for Kevin Owens when his contract is up. He wanted to make that huge, big money, once-in-a-lifetime deal from WWE. You know, the deal that everybody uh, dreams about when they get into the business, right? exactly what he got himself so for the people saying tony khan couldn't pay kevin owens it's not it's not the case at all tony khan didn't want to pay kevin owens because he's not worth that type of money to him right now hopefully wwe thinks he's worth that money and hopefully that money is put to good use that's the one thing i'm concerned about and i'm not banking on kevin owens being booked creatively if monday night raw is anything to go off of we got a long three years of Kevin Owens. Moving on. Sami Zayn. Seemingly, Sami Zayn has re-signed with the WWE as well. And I am going to spoil some SmackDown stuff happening next week. Sami Zayn is the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship as he won the gauntlet match that takes place next week on SmackDown. That is all the confirmation I need to know that Sami Zayn has re-signed with the WWE. Sami Zayn's contract status. Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer that Zayn has possibly re-signed as well based on locker room talk, but it is yet to be confirmed. Meltzer wrote that there has been locker room talk that Sami Zayn, 37 years old, did as well sign a new deal but WWE sources have not confirmed Zayn having signed to us yet. Zane initially signed with the WWE in 2013 and thus far in his run with the company is a one-time NXT champion and held the Intercontinental title twice. He was recently given a title match against Universal Champion Roman Reigns, who defeated Sami Zayn very quickly. Uh, as you guys know, was nothing more to set up the Brock Lesnar match against Roman Reigns at day one. Zayn has also been doing segments with Brock Lesnar on SmackDown as of late. You know, it is... A good thing, you know, it's a good thing because I think Sami Zayn is such an underutilized talent and he's the type of guy that, you know, has this old school feel to him. And I really do feel like Vince McMahon values somebody like Sami Zayn because not many guys can genuinely create or can create heel heat the way Sami Zayn does. Sami Zayn is a natural heel. And he does it so well. And I honestly think, even though Sami Zayn hasn't been pushed the way we would like him to be pushed, I honestly do think that Vince McMahon values somebody like that because he's got that old school mentality. Now, as far as Sami Zayn resigning with the company and winning this gauntlet match next week on SmackDown, it was a tape show. I'm sorry if I spoiled it for anybody. Nobody gives a fuck about SmackDown. If you care, I don't really give a shit. We're going to watch it anyway and we're going to dissect the show next week anyway. But. Sami Zayn being given the Intercontinental Championship, number one contender against Nakamura. That match is going to be official as of next week for day one. I mean, is that any sort of prize for Sami Zayn resigning with the company? I don't really understand how anybody would look at that as being a prize. To me, it's more of a consolation prize for not getting a Universal Championship match. Yeah, they're keeping him happy. Yeah, the segments with Brock Lesnar have been fantastic. Yeah, he was in the ring with Roman Reigns. Is WWE again? Now, I don't know how much they signed Sami Zayn for or how long they signed Sami Zayn for. I would assume it's the same yearly length as Kevin Owens. I'm not sure they're paying Sami Zayn $3 million like they're paying Kevin Owens. But it's it's very bizarre to me how they think giving him a run with the Intercontinental Championship is going to keep this guy happy. He's on TV every week, I guess, right? WWE has done nothing with that Intercontinental Championship unless Sami Zayn in 2022 is going to be the guy that turns that entire championship around and is going to fucking own that championship for the most of 2022. I don't see how that's any reason to, I would say, resign with the company or think that's, A way to entice somebody to sign? I don't know. Uh, Listen, I'm happy for Sami Zayn if it is the case. I'm happy for Sami Zayn. This also could have been a decision that weighed heavily on Kevin Owens because they're best friends, you know? And it's always great to have your best friend in the same locker room as you in the same company. So I'm assuming that I I would like to think that they made this, this decision together. Yeah, we want to stay. You're going to stay. I'm going to stay. It's got to be a great feeling as well. But Sami Zayn is another guy. Does WWE value Sami Zayn? Everything I said about Kevin Owens, I could say here about Sami Zayn. Do they value Sami Zayn to a point where they're going to make him a focus on television? Let's start taking these guys a little bit more seriously, man. Kevin Owens should be in world title programs instead of being treated like a fucking afterthought and a geek. This guy should be on the mic cutting fucking promos like Eddie Kingston. Sami Zayn should be in the upper mid-card doing what he's doing. Sami Zayn is a fantastic professional wrestler, man. Why is everybody just treating Sami Zayn like fucking comedy fodder out here? Like, I get he's a funny guy. Yeah, I get he's great at what he does, but let's not take away from the fact that Sami Zayn's a great professional wrestler. Let's start highlighting that as well. Instead of having him look like a loser every fucking week. Is this the turning point to Sami Zayn finally being the guy in WWE for his role? I don't know. I I don't I I don't really understand. The chat is saying there is no no cut clause per Melter. Recheck that source. The chat is saying there is no no cut clause. Well, that changes everything then. Is there is there a no cut clause in his contract? Why would Meltzer say that if it wasn't true? Why would Meltzer report that if that's not true? Why would Kevin Owens now now I'm gonna question now I'm gonna question even further why would Kevin Owens be given that and nobody else be given that? Unless this is gonna be the new way of wave of signing WWE contracts. Is there a no-cut clause in his contract, or is there not a no-cut clause in his contract? I don't know, man. We may have to revisit that. We may have to revisit that. He said there's no, no no-cut clause. Dave never said that. Well, it's in the fucking quote here. It's in the quote. I don't understand why it was said then. Meltzer added that Owens did get a no-cut clause put into his deal so the company can't release him before the deal is up. Now, if there is no-cut clause in his contract, that, that changes everything, really. That changes everything, really. That just opens up a whole new Pandora's box, if you ask me. Looks like it's not on there. That changes everything, then. Then I'm really I'm really concerned about Kevin Owens, then, because, uh, again, it, 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 uh, this is why I questioned, and this is why I brought everything to, to light today. It's like, why would WWE spend $3 million on a 37-year-old Kevin Owens After everything we've been conditioned to relearn about WWE has changed over the course of the year. Look at what they've done to NXT. Look at what they've done to NXT. They want younger. They want faster. They want cheaper. They cut over 200 fucking people. Yet they want to sign Kevin Owens to a two two to three million dollar deal at 37 years old. I I I don't understand it man. Meltzer as a source is I don't know man. He did not have a no cut clause. I don't know. We got we got to backtrack on that then. If there's no cut clause in his contract, that's a that's a big fucking deal. That's a big deal. And uh WWE, I don't know. It, it's it's amazing that Kevin Owens would even accept that type of money without a no cut clause. Why would you even trust these fucking people? He's willingly opening himself up, knowing what the company is going to do to him because of what they've previously done in the past. He's putting himself in a vulnerable position to lose his job. Really? I I hope that's not the case. I, I really hope that is not the case. Now we'll we'll uh, we'll cycle back to that. We'll cycle back to that in a little bit, man. If there's no cut clause, that's a that's a pretty big fucking deal. But it says here in the notes, it says it says that Meltzer said it, and I I apologize if if Meltzer did not say it. I don't want to put words in Dave's mouth, but I don't know why that would be said because that's a that's a pretty big fucking deal. Trademark. Trademark filing on a Monday Night Raw star that could see a possible name change on Monday, December sixth. WWE filed a trademark to the name of Piper Niven, who is obviously known as Doe Drop. On Monday Night Raw, she used the Piper Niven name when she wrestled in the NXT UK brand, but it was decided to, uh, or they decided to rename her when she was brought up to Raw as part of a storyline with Eva Marie. The idea at the time was the name was Marie's idea as a way to mock her. Marie is no longer with the company and DoDrop is now a heel. So perhaps somebody in the company figured it would just be better to drop the DoDrop Drop name. Prior to signing to WWE in 2019, she wrestled on the UK independent scene as Viper. That would probably be the best thing for DoDrop. Get rid of the fucking name, man. Seriously, Piper Niven would go so much better. With what they got going on. The dough drop name was all Eva Marie. It stinks of Eva Marie. I would obviously get rid of it. And I think Piper Niven. Bringing her back to some sort of familiarity with Piper Niven. I think that would probably probably be best for her going forward. To be honest with you. R.K. Broniman. The tournament was delayed because of an issue with Montez Ford. WWE has not said much about the RK Brawnament and why it was delayed, but Meltzer gave a brief update on the Wrestling Observer Radio last night on Raw, or this this past week on Raw, rather. The plan was for the finals of the Brawnament to be the Street Profits against Ray and Dominic Mysterio, and that was to take place on Raw, but the match was delayed until the 27th. WWE claimed on social media that the delay was because both teams were injured. Meltzer says there was an issue with Montez Ford. He says, and I quote, something was up with Ford. I don't know what it was. They said both teams were injured for whatever it is. There's something with Ford, and I don't know if there's something with Ray or Dominic. For sure, there's something with Ford, so they couldn't do the match. I don't know if it's an injury, an illness, or whatever. I'll probably know sometime this week, but legit, they couldn't do that match. End quote. Meltzer said that WWE knew about this on Saturday and possibly before then. But they continue to advise the match until a few hours before last uh, last episode of Raw. WrestlingNews.co noted on Monday that Reign Dominic did not wrestle at the house shows over the weekend as well. And Angelo Dawkins wrestled singles matches against AJ Styles. Uh, the Broniment, you know, it's nothing more than WWE not knowing what to do with their tag teams. It's just highlighting the fact that there is no fucking division and i get sick and tired every week of saying they need to merge the divisions seriously the, the the whole the whole tag team scene in wwe is so lame and it's so it's so shit compared to what we know it could be and the thing that hurts most and the thing that is frustrating the most is that wwe does nothing to change it and they and they they could do, they could do everything in their power to change it they have everything in their power to change it and they don't It sucks. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus the Street Profits. Fine. Should be a good match. The Profits versus RK Bro at day one. Great. Great. But I honestly think I'm over RK Bro. What happens when RK Bro breaks up? It's one less tag team you got on Monday Night Raw. What happens when AJ Styles and Omas break up? What happens then? That's another tag team you got broken up. Not really much left on Monday Night Raw, but the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, right? Who else? Who else is on Monday Night Raw as a tag team? WWE does not have a single clue on how to book tag team wrestling. This broniment is nothing more than a fucking lame excuse, and all it does is highlight how awful their division is. I wish nothing but the best for Montez Ford. If he's injured... Hopefully he gets back and has a speedy recovery. NXT, their viewership dropped. Key demo. Raised. It increased this week. NXT's rating, 561,000 live viewers. That was uh, down from 590,000 viewers. This show's in the fucking mud and you love to see it. Show did a 0.13 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. The show did a 0.11 rating one week ago. That tied... The lowest key demo the show has done on the USA Network since moving to the station in 2019. This does not count the shows that aired on Sci-Fi. NXT set this record last month. It ranked number 36 in the top 150 shows on cable for the night. That was up from last week's number 48 rating. I don't know how USA Network wants this shit on their fucking pro, on, their, on their station after their TV rights deal is up. I don't know how many years they got NXT on USA Network. I don't know why. They would even bother with this shit. But I thought Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon were going to take over the show and do right and fix all the problems that apparently were never there with Triple H. I thought they were going to save the show. Seems like they're fucking killing the show week by week by week. It's great. Who are you going to blame now, Bruce? Sure, Shawn Michaels is about to lose his job, right? Who are you going to blame? William Regal, Matt Bloom. Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, maybe, maybe Road Dog will lose his job. D-O-double-G, oh, you didn't know? Oh, I know. Show is fucking terrible. Yet somehow, it still ends up being WWE's best show, which I don't know what that says about Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and how awful they are. NXT is shit. But everybody seems to think that Triple H and what he did was so wrong, right? Yeah, look at these ratings and tell me who really is in the wrong. Vince and Bruce. You know, I, got, I still got geeks coming at me telling me that Shawn Michaels is in charge or Triple H is still in charge. No, he's not. I love it. I love when people come to me with these fucking inept fucking concepts. Shawn Michaels is not in charge of NXT. Shawn Michaels merely is a puppet running fucking Gorilla. He's taking orders from Vince and, and Bruce via Zoom. Give me a break. Yes, I'm sure Triple H, I'm sure Triple H would be in charge of an NXT with fucking Ikemen Jiro and Lash Legend, right? Lashing out with Lash Legend. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, this this seems like a fucking absolute fucking winner for Triple H, right? You saw nothing even remotely close. So anything that you see on this version of NXT on Triple H's version. So how how is Triple H running this version of NXT? What did he just me- go mentally dumb over the last 2 years? Scarlett Bordeaux. Scarlett Bordeaux. She shared her biggest fear. What uh her biggest fear was in WWE. She addresses a possible Impact Wrestling return. Here's the spoiler folks, she's not going back to Impact and neither is Cross. Bordeaux did a virtual signing hosted by KS WrestleFest. During it, a fan mentioned how they would like to see her return to Impact Wrestling. However, she ruled out that possibility. We're not going back there. We're not going back there. She laughed and then said, No. Thanks for asking, though. While with WWE, she did work one dark match at SmackDown, Scarlett noted that there were conversations about adding her last name back. Which was something she feared could happen as uh, she came up with the ring name before joining the company. And she didn't want the company to, to secure a trademark right to it. That was my biggest fear at WWE that they were going to buy my name. And then once I left, I was going to have to change it because I love my name. And other people have had their names purchased. Carrion Cross, Carrion is not his, but he got to keep Killer Cross, which he is very, very happy about. If I would have been officially on the main roster, I know they would have bought it. And they were talking about adding back the Bordeaux. And I'm like, they are already talking about it. They're going to buy my name. And that means later on I can't have it. So I'm actually really happy that didn't happen. I built it. Cross is still under a 90-day non-compete. And Scarlett only had a 30-day non-compete which uh, she apparently was still under an NXT deal. But Cross' his deal is a 90-day non-compete. Yes, uh, I don't want to see them go back to Impact. I think they're too good for that. And I honestly think they're going to go wherever their creativity allows them to fly free. Cross is a very creative individual. If I've seen anything from the guy, he loves to be creative. He loves to be different. And I do think that they're going to go where their creativity is going to be given a platform to just be its own. Whether that's AEW or or New Japan, I I don't know. The world is his oyster. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Scarlett also talked about how involved Triple H was with perfecting their appearance as an act on NXT. I read stories like this, and and I wanted to put this on the show tonight because... You know, it's amazing how everybody thinks Triple H did so wrong when he ran NXT. But then you hear stories like this from Scarlett, and all you just think about is like, man, oh man, Triple H was just on point with everything. Killer Cross, Scarlett Bordeaux have one of the most elaborate entrances in NXT history. Uh, Bordeaux says that they had a big role in creating it, but Triple H helped take their vision to another level. She says, and I quote, they let us at first do what we kind of wanted to do. And then Hunter was like, okay. Bordeaux said during a virtual meet and greet hosted by the Asylum Wrestling Store. And then she added, he enhanced it and made it perfect. So we kind of did something natural and he went, okay, just to see how we would naturally move. And then Hunter was like, how about this or how about that? And we were like, whoa. This is like so much better than what we originally came up with. So I would say it was a collaborative effort to put it together. But Hunter was such a big part of it, honestly. You know, I read stories like that and it it pains me to know that they brought this poor guy up and they legitimately took everything away from him, which only makes me double down on what I feel It was a Triple H thing. It was a Triple H project. It was a Triple H creation. They didn't want any of that on the main roster because Bruce and Vince and that team didn't come up with it. You know, there are things that you need to change from time to time. But if something works and and something is as perfect as their entrance and the act, why would you change it? They changed it because of pettiness. They changed it because of greed. They didn't come up with it. So they they sought to kill it. It's exactly what they did. But I read stories like this and, I, and I'm like, everybody's got such high praise for Triple H and what he did creatively and how, and how he came up with this and how he came up with that and his vision for this and his vision for that. Meanwhile, I'm looking at NXT now and I'm asking myself, what did Triple H do so wrong? Does anybody realize what they're watching on television right now is Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon? How do you look at Triple H and deem what he did wrong in NXT? It's so fucking stupid. Triple H was never the guy to say, yep, yeah, we're moving to the USA Network. We're moving to two hours. We're going live every week. We're going to go compete against AEW. No, he didn't do any of that. If, I swear to God, if I ever, ever get Triple H face-to-face, my one question would be, if you could take it all back, would you have ever moved NXT off the WWE Network and expanded the show and have it compete with AEW on Wednesday nights? He would absolutely, no doubt about it, say, no. I would have never taken anything off the network. I would have never changed anything about NXT. It was never my idea to do so. Triple H was told to do this, and he was told to do that because they wanted to sabotage him. They knew that if he failed, it would be all the reason they need to get him out of power. So then Bruce and Vince can come in and claim victory. Get out of here. You're not running the company. Everybody wants to see you run the company. You can't even beat these fucking T-shirt guys. Get out of here. And now Vince and Bruce have ultimately killed NXT, and now the ratings are in the fucking mud. How exactly is NXT better with Bruce and Vince running it and they can't even break 500 fucking thousand views? Now, but Triple H and whatever he was doing was so terrible, right? You know, NXT was the most watched thing on the WWE Network. They were generating over a million views on the network. If you looked at the WWE Network shots every week, what was at the top of the fucking list every week? NXT. Why? Because it was the only place where you could watch NXT. And it was exciting. And it was fresh. And new. And Triple H was creating talent. He was creating and cultivating the future of the company. And then, goodbye. Everything Paul Levesque did, the legacy of Paul Levesque is now erased. It doesn't exist anymore. Isaiah Swerve Scott, he opened up about his NXT release. Another Triple H uh, project. Gone. Way too soon. The rest of Hit Row, Top Dollar, Swerf Scott, Ashanti, the Adonis, who are among the names let go last month. WWE released B Fab, who was also part of the group a few weeks before they actually let the three other guys go. Scott brought back his Swerve City podcast to YouTube, and during it he talked about his release from WWE. Says and I quote, You know, on my behalf personal, at first, when WWE released us, I was upset. It was more of an embarrassment to my family because I felt like I let them down because I talked up so much about how everything was going to be okay. Everything's going to be, and I'm going to be the one to exceed expectations. We're going to do something that's never been done, yada, yada, yada. And it felt like it was like, no, it's being thrown back in my face. But I looked around, it took me a couple of days, two days, I looked around, and I got on the phone with my man, TZ Scott, talked to my peoples, and we talked about all the possibilities that are out there right now. We had a long convo, spoke with the ladies, spoke with a bunch of people still trying to tiptoe back into the family. I'm getting better at it, but once again, I look around, I'm appreciative of all that I've accomplished, everything that I've done in WWE, I'm proud of, end quote. Scott continued to talk about how he learned to rap three years ago, And then he got to do it live on television with his friends. He's proud that he was able to pull himself out of obscurity into becoming something that was just needed and what he wanted. He's proud of being part of the group that took it to the next level in just five months of knowing each other. Scott said that he has more time for opportunities without having hands on him. He teased that the spooky season has arrived. Scott, also known as Shane Strickland, made a name for himself before signing with WWE as he worked. With various promotions such as MLW, Evolve, Lucha Underground. And while in NXT he held the Cruiserweight title once. After he was released. It was reported that multiple companies are definitely interested in bringing him in. You know he's the the, the one guy that I looked at as being the breakout guy of Hit Row. There's There's absolutely no reason. No reason why Swerve should have been let go. No reason. You know, and and I gave them grief for it, you know, but I was defensive because they apparently took what I said to heart and I ended up being right on it. It's not something I wanted to be right on. I just gave you what I know from watching the show. I don't work there. I don't have any affiliation with anybody there. I see what they do, and I apply it to my audience. I knew what was coming to Hit Row before they even made their debut. And this got people up in arms. Oh, JD's a racist. JD doesn't want the black group to get over. JD's a hater, whatever the fucking case may be. Meanwhile, I'm like, What are you guys talking about? All you have to look at is WWE's history. And look at what WWE has done to Paul Levesque's creation. This was the last creation of Paul Levesque. He was so high on Hit Row. They got called up to the main roster well before they should have got called up to the main roster. Legado Del Fantasma, I still claim, should have been brought up to the main roster before Hit Row. That doesn't mean I didn't want to see Hit Row on the main roster. That doesn't mean I wasn't high on Hit Row. I was big on Hit Row. Hit Row was different. Hit Row was fresh. I wanted to see them thrive. They naturally fit into NXT. NXT was not really NXT. Even when Triple H was somewhat still in charge. There were still some things here and there that gave you the old essence of NXT. If Hit Row was on NXT when NXT was at its height of popularity, they would have fit in like a glove. I didn't want to be right on Hit Row. I wanted them to be successful. I wanted Top Dollar and Ashanti to go on and have a really great run as a tag team. They would have brought something different to the show. I wanted to see Swerve get into the ring and mix it up with a Nakamura or a Sami Zayn or whoever. Cesaro. Swerve is one of the best natural talents that I've seen in WWE in a very long time. He's very Ricochet-like, you know? And a lot of times, that kind of gets misinterpreted on the main roster. WWE doesn't like too many guys like that because they got Rollins doing the same thing. And, you know, it's very weird in WWE. You got a guy like Swerve or Ricochet doing shit like that. They don't really outwardly promote guys like that when you got the upper upper tier guys doing stuff like that because it takes away from them. You know? It's one of the reasons why Cross's entrance got cut. If you don't think that's the case, then you, you, you don't really know what you're watching. Why did killer why did Carrion Cross Killer Cross now? Why did why did Cross's entrance get cut? Because it would have overshadowed Roman Reigns. If Karrion Cross and Roman Reigns were on the same show, whose entrance are you gonna remember more, right? If you have the smoke and you got Scarlet coming out looking all witch like, singing his theme and he emerges from the smoke and all this shit with the lighting and the fucking the the fucking goddamn hawk flying in the background on the Titan Tron. Whose entrance would you remember more? Roman Reigns or Karrion Cross? They wanted to dumb this guy down because fans would have easily picked up on that and they killed it before it even got started. Can't take away from the bigger guys on the roster unless we say so, unless we deem you ready for that top spot. Hit Row was unfairly fucking terminated. They were. And WWE, you know, and, and this is what fucking boggles my mind. You, you, you're going to give Kevin Owens 2 to $3 million a year. Meanwhile, you let somebody like Isaiah Swerve Scott go. Meanwhile, you let a guy like Top, top Dollar, I mean, I don't know what the fucking... What, what Top Dollar could have been capable of. But everybody said, he, I. there's one thing I do know about Top Dollar. He had natural fucking charisma. You can't buy that shit in WWE easy. They let the guy with the most natural charisma of everybody go. It's amazing, man. Of all the fucking people they released, Swerve lost his job. That's what I find most bizarre. A talented guy like that, they could have someone like that fall into their lap and they don't know what the fuck they got in them. WWE has absolutely no idea what true talent is anymore. To let somebody like that go, man, that just shows me you don't know what the fuck you're doing. He'll find work. Easy. Easy. SmackDown draws the lowest Key demo rating on Fox since return to live touring. Oh, but I thought Roman Reigns was a needle mover, though. Right? I thought Roman Reigns was a fucking needle mover. This was last week's SmackDown, by the way, not yesterday's show, because those ratings won't be until Monday. The latest edition of SmackDown saw the ratings kind of mixed, The show averaged 2.142 million viewers on Fox, which is up from the 2.030 million, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. In the 18 to 49 demographic, the show did a 0.50. It is down from the 0.51 the show did a week prior. Last week was the lowest total viewership the show has done on Fox since July 9th, which was the last Thunderdome edition of SmackDown. For the second straight week, the key demo was also the lowest since returning to live touring. The last four weeks of the demo ratings for SmackDown are as follows. 0.52, 0.57, 0.51, and 0.50. SmackDown's losing their audience, folks, because SmackDown is fucking putrid. The show sucks. Look at that roster and tell me that you're going to be interested in that show for an entire calendar year. That needs a quick fix and fast. SmackDown needs a fucking quick fix and fast, man. SmackDown is a complete disaster. There's no way, absolutely no way, WWE is going to be able to sustain SmackDown over the next year until a shakeup or a draft happens. They overloaded Raw and did nothing with SmackDown. They overloaded Raw and left Roman with no fucking challenges. That's what they've done. That's what they've done. It's quite sad. I know Monday Night Raw has its creative issues, but SmackDown has become absolutely unbearable to watch. Unbearable. And it wasn't like that. SmackDown was actually a semi-decent show. But now here I am weekly saying that NXT is WWE's best show and Raw and SmackDown are fucking terrible. Meanwhile, Tuesday night is just as bad. But somehow they're... Some somewhat of the best show on WWE television throughout the week. WWE actually made some late changes to SmackDown's format on Friday. Fightful Select reports that Roman Reigns was set to open the show with an in-ring promo, but that was moved to the main event spot. The original plans called for the main event to be the Usos versus The New Day, but that was moved up for Reigns' segment. A Brock Lesnar sit-down interview was originally planned as well, but it did not air at all. And the Shotzi Blackheart Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks and Tony Storm match took place on this show instead of next week's show. The Storm versus Flair Championship Contenders match was supposed to take place this week, but was pushed back a week. All of these changes were made a few hours before the show, as the original plans were listed during the afternoon. WWE gave us the Usos versus the New Day, and we're getting that at the pay per view in two weeks. So the original plans should have never been original plans to begin with. The WWE thinks that we want to see New Day versus Usos, and we're going to get nothing but New Day and Usos because WWE doesn't have any major stars on this show to really offset the rest of the show. They're going to need teams and talent like the Usos and the New Day to be featured every week. So all you're going to be seeing every week on SmackDown is nothing but rehash bullshit because the roster is fucking awful. There's legitimately no talent on this show that WWE gives a shit about to push in a meaningful way. The only thing that is worth anything on Friday nights is Roman Reigns, and that is it. The whole show is in shambles. Usos lost to the tag team champions two weeks before the fucking pay per view. Charlotte was pinned last night by Tony Storm. I mean, only for Tony Storm to lose the fucking championship match next week. Tony Storm loses to Charlotte Flair next week. Now, I don't know what, what type of match it was. Maybe it was a fuck finish. I can't imagine Charlotte Flair not on day one. Maybe it was a fuck finish. Maybe she cheated to win. I don't know. But why are you gonna give Tony Storm all this momentum only for her to fucking lose to Charlotte Flair? Now all she's known as the she she's known as the cream pie queen. Sophie was built over fucking pies. SmackDown is just awful. Awful. There's nothing redeeming about SmackDown at all. AW Rampage, viewership is in. Second straight week, increased. Key demo holds up. Sure you guys are going to bitch and moan about Rampage. eh, 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 AEW is dying, man. Sure it is. Rampage drew 503,000 viewers and a 0.18 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. Oh, well, look at that. They're competing with NXT. NXT's barely beating Rampage. Great job there, Bruce. Great job there, Vince. You're doing a swell job on Tuesday nights. 0.18 rating in the 18th to 49th demographic on TNT. That's in the 10 p.m. time slot. Last week, the show did 499,000 live viewers and a 0.18 rating. Rampage, you know, it was very good last night. And last week's show was very good as well. I mean, it's it's one hour of television. Normally, it's an extension of Dark or Evelation. Or Elevation. I don't even watch these shows. Whatever the fuck it is. Dark. And I felt like last night's Rampage was was an extension of Dynamite. And I, I enjoyed Dynamite. The last two weeks, I thought, it, or Rampage rather, I thought it was good. I thought it was a very good show. It, it's nothing more than a way for Tony Khan to give more talent time on TV. It's not a ratings show. Once you get it through your skull, You'll understand it a little bit more. These are the same fucking people that tell me, well, if you watch NXT on Tuesday night for what it is, then maybe you might enjoy it. Well, maybe if you understand what the fuck Rampage is on Friday night, maybe you would understand what the fuck I'm saying. Right? Stop worrying about what Tony Khan is doing as far as ratings are concerned. Let him run his fucking company. Don't you have a job to go to? Don't you have a burger patty to flip? Or fries to dip in the fucking oil or fryer later, whatever the fuck you call it. Give me a break. Yeah, I'm sure Tony Khan's going to be taking orders from fucking people that ask, would you like lettuce and tomato on that? Fuck out of here. AEW Dynamite, winter is coming. Viewership was up. Key demo uh, does drop, though, which is actually surprising. The show drew 948,000 live viewers. That is up from 872,000 live viewers. That was what the show did previously. Eighteenth to 49 demographic, the show did a 0.31 down from 0.33. The key demo rating was the lowest in Dynamite's normal time slot since May 19th, which also happened on November 24th and December 1st. The show opened with Adam Page defending the AW World title against Brian Danielson that ended in a 60-minute classic draw. Last year's special did 913,000 viewers, 0.42 key demo rating. That show, which did uh, it did go ahead with NXT, featured Sting's unadvertised debut, as well as Kenny Omega beating Jon Moxley to win the AW World Heavyweight title in the main event. Dynamite ranked number five in the top 150 shows on cable for the night. Same as the ranking last week. You know, a lot of people complained about that ending. A lot of people complained about that ending for uh, Danielson and Adam Hangman Page claiming that, oh, well, there was a non-finish. You know, if this was a non-finish in WWE, J.D. would be shitting all over it. But he, he, he doesn't shit on it because it's a, he's on AEW's p- Payroll. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, does WWE have time limit draws, number one, that we can base this assumption off of? No. No, they don't. Number two, does WWE ever treat their championships as prestigious and important as Tony Khan treats his AEW championships? No. No. You know, where, where are you people on a random Monday night or uh, last night, actually? Where are you people on a Friday night? Right? Right? When the Usos and the New Day are wrestling in a fucking six-minute match and your tag team champions are losing clean as a fucking whistle in the middle of the ring when they're already scheduled to go 2-1-2 two two at day one, two weeks from now. Was there a reason for the tag team champions to be treated like fucking jobbers yet again? And then in the very next segment, they got their fucking day one hoodies on and they're standing behind Roman Reigns as if nothing happened. No, but nobody's complaining about that though, right? Where are you fucking people complaining about that? Or better yet, how about your WWE champion losing on Monday Night Raw to Bobby Lashley? All oh, that we can get Bobby Lashley into the main event. all oh, because we need Bobby Lashley in the main event. day one right no but it's alright for Big E to lose the WWE uh, as WWE champion to Bobby Lashley in a non-title match yet people are complaining about fucking Bryan Danielson and Adam Page wrestling 60 fucking minutes oh it's a time limit draw so what Do do you love professional wrestling or not please tell me for everybody that fucking complained clearly you don't appreciate pro wrestling enough Because if the first thing that you fucking did was complain about two of the best in the business going sixty fucking minutes, then clearly you don't have a fucking appreciation for anything pro wrestling. And I'm sorry, how many draws have AEW had in two and a half years? Danielson was yes a part of both draws in the last, I what three months. He had two draws. He had two of the five. There was five draws. Five draws in AEW history, over two and a half years. So Tony Khan is not abusing, he's not abusing the gimmick of the time limit draw. You do realize that this sets up a rematch, right? This is long-term booking, right? This makes the title more prestigious, right? You know, Tony Khan is protecting Bryan Danielson, right? Right? You know, something Bruce and Vince should learn how to do as far as protecting their fucking champions. So when you want to shit in Tony Khan's backyard and complain about what he's doing, why don't you watch WWE make the same mistake, but a thousand times fucking worse? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. People are fucking stupid. Don't listen to anybody but me when it comes to shit shit like this. Jesse and I went over this on on Wednesday. The one thing you people want to do is fucking complain. Do you realize that? You know, another thing I want to mention, I didn't mention this on Wednesday. I didn't mention this on Wednesday. Do you think it's easy for Tony Khan to have trust in two guys to go out there on national fucking television live and go 60 fucking minutes? You know, it takes a lot of balls for a promoter to do. Now, yes, he has Brian Danielson, who looked like he was not gassed at all in that main event match. He looked like he could have won another 60 minutes if he wanted to. But look at the match that you were given. Look at the progression of story in that match. Look at how Danielson led Paige to the best match of his fucking career. You think it's easy for Tony Khan to let these two guys go out there on national fucking television and take one hour, one full hour of a two-hour fucking show? Who else would do that? You people need to shut the fuck up and go find something else to complain about, really. If that is what you're complaining about, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Holy shit. There are much... Bigger issues in this community that we got to take care of, man. This is not one of them. This is leading to a rematch. A rematch. And Tony Khan even said so himself. So when you want to look back at the match that was and complain about a fucking ending that went 60 fucking minutes, I really want you to take your fucking wrestling fandom into question. Because clearly you don't give a fuck about professional wrestling and you just want easy access. You're conditioned so easy to the WWE way of things. When you watch AEW, I'm going to urge you guys to put that WWE mentality to rest, okay? You're not going to get that type of shit over here. This is professional wrestling. WWE is sports entertainment. Once you learn the differences, then maybe you will understand and appreciate a Broadway 60-minute time limit draw. Round two is coming. Tony Khan even said it on Busted Open Radio. I'm excited for what's coming next for Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. It's far from over, he says. Brian Danielson is still the number one contender. Brian Danielson and Adam Hangman Page is a rematch I'm very excited to see. Whether that's happening on the first episode of Dynamite on TBS or the Battle of the Belts on January 8th. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But all I know is that they're not going to go 60 minutes. So all the fucking geeks that complain probably won't be complaining this time around. And when Paige wins and beats Brian in the next match, all of you fucking people will look like a bunch of goddamn fools. It's only going to make Adam Hangman Page that much better. He went 60 minutes with Danielson, and then he ended up beating Danielson. I don't know how going a 60-minute draw with Danielson and fucking not having a clear-cut winner is is a bad thing for either either one of these guys. Holy shit. If anything, it shows that Page is on equal level to Danielson. Did you ever think about that? Everybody thought Danielson was the better wrestler. Adam Page went in there and went 60 minutes with Brian Danielson, the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so terrible for Adam Page, right? So terrible. What a bunch of fucking idiots, man. You people fucking sicken me. I really, I really, really hate social media. You make me violently ill. Tony Khan. He called out Fox News for an article on Urban Mayor and the Urban Mayor drama and AEW excitement, quote-unquote, cooling off. Tony Khan responded to a Fox News article that referenced the Urban Mayor firing from the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AEW TV tapings. The Fox News article claimed that the Jaguars team owner, Shad Khan, Tony Khan's father, had a rough 15 days of December, with the mayor situation that has led to his firing and AEW ratings cooling off since the signings of Brian Danielson and CM Punk, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I couldn't. I'm sure Tony Khan. I'm sure Tony Khan had a blast reading this from Fox fucking sports. I'm I'm sure somewhere Ryan Satin is fucking jerking off in the goddamn corner. <laughs> yeah, look at Fox. Look at my look at my suits and ties. They're getting Tony Khan. The article had some people raising their eyebrows since Fox News doesn't cover too much pro wrestling. There's no history of them covering AEW at all. I'm sure there wasn't an agenda behind this though, right? Dynamite ratings have dropped over the last few weeks, but some of that could be attributed to the West Coast feed, which these geeks online don't understand. The West Coast feed airing the show at 5 p.m. because of NHL coverage. AEW's DVR numbers have been strong, and TNT is said to be very happy with the shows. Everybody wants to know why AEW ratings are down with dynamite. Oh, 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 AEW's dying. AEW's dying. Meanwhile, the West Coast feed, right, which is all of the western part of the United States, they're airing AEW at 5 p.m. Who's watching professional wrestling at 5 p.m. instead of airing it at 8 p.m.? Now you want to know why they're not Hitting over a million. But when they move to TBS, this is not going to be a fucking problem. This is not going to be a problem. So when they move to TBS, I think it'll fluctuate back to where it was. Because there was a string of weeks, about four or five weeks, where they were over a million. Oh, they're not under, they're under a million. They're dying. So Tony Khan, he fired back at Fox News because of course he would. I mean, who wouldn't? Fox News, you got some fucking balls talking about my goddamn company. Worry about your dying fucking creative show that you're wasting how many billions on, on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm sure your show was so fucking great, right? Give me a fucking break. He says, hey, Fox News, it's amusing hearing you opinion about AEW ratings considering AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night has beaten every single Fox News show for six straight weeks Here are the recent shots, including this week, to prove it. See you tonight on AEW Rampage. Khan continued in a second tweet. He says, thanks, Fox News. I appreciate that you highlighted AEW ratings on Wednesdays. And AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays has beaten every single show on your network for six straight weeks. Twitter only let me attach four weeks worth of my last tweet. See you tonight for Rampage. So he went back and found more factual Ratings reports and sent them and added at Fox and Fox News. Tony Khan is a savage, man. Tony Khan is a savage. Khan included charts that show AEW regularly beats Fox News programming in the key demo that advertisers and network executives care about the most. Now, I read today that, yeah, AEW has beaten Fox News reports and shows in the 18 to 49 demographic, but... Their real demographic, I believe, is the 25 to 49, I believe. But uh, it is what it is, you know. Tony Khan has every right to be angry about Fox. The urban mayor drama has nothing to do with AEW. There was a report from Andrew Zarian today that people internally in WWE were wondering about the urban mayor situation because they're not paying him the remainder of his contract. They fired him, and they're not paying him the remainder of his contract, which, I mean, I don't find to be a problem at all. I mean, the guy, he fucked up. The punishment fits the crime, right? Why are you going to pay somebody the remainder of his deal when he probably breached his contract in some way with with some behavioral issue like that? He made an embarrassment out of himself. So the Urban Mayor situation, I, I don't understand how this has anything to do with AEW and them cooling off or 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 contract situations people are now and uh, they're they're questioning tony khan's contracts in AEW that they're not ironclad or they're not as great as they say that they are or they're not as secure as they say that they are what does one have to do with the other tony khan has nothing to do with fucking the jacksonville jaguars he only He only does analytical shit for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His father runs the fucking team. And they're both different entities. There's not any fucking correlation between the two. And I don't understand why Fox is throwing their fucking bullshit at AEW either. What a petty fucking report. Yeah, of course, Fox, a WWE home... Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's no fucking political agenda behind that one. Oh, right, let's, let's attack Tony Khan and AEW uh, with this urban mayor shit and throw it in everybody's face uh, on a major publication that they're cooling off even though they got CM Punk and Brian Day. De- these are the same fucking people that blasted WWE for not going to get a CM Punk and letting Danielson go. And these are the same people that want MJF, apparently. Who's an AEW superstar? Give me a break. What a bunch of what a what a bunch of fucking bullshit. Really. AEW's cooling off. They haven't even gotten started yet. They haven't even gotten started yet. The fuck are you talking about? Why don't you worry about your own fucking shit? You know, I don't you know SmackDown, I don't know how many times I could fucking tell this to you. They are awful. The show is fucking putrid. Fuck should worry about fixing that fucking horrendous show for two hours instead of worrying about AEW cooling off. Everybody's always got something to say when it has something to do with something else or somebody else. Worry about your own fucking show. Bray Wyatt. The latest on Bray Wyatt. Everybody thought Bray Wyatt was coming out at the end of Winter is Coming. I claim for weeks, Wyndham is coming instead of Winter is Coming. There's a big pool of talent available. And everybody is claiming that Wyndham Rotunda is on his way to AEW. ton of free agents out there from Keith Lee to Cross to Ember Moon, Ring of Honor closing down. But it does not look like Rotunda is getting back in the wrestling ring anytime soon. If this report from Dave Meltzer is to be believed. Meltzer noted that the last word on Rotunda is that he didn't want to come back so soon and he's working on a movie. Meltzer noted that Rotunda would likely not be under any financial pressure because he had one of the top five or six contracts in WWE. So that may be a factor in why he's got no rush to get back into wrestling. It was also noted that he's far apart, or he was far apart on money during his talks with AEW and Impact Wrestling. Rotunda was released in late July due to what WWE claims were budget cuts. However, others have been skeptical. Since Rotunda's release, there have been reports claiming that he was seen by WWE management as being difficult and that his weight was an issue. Sources familiar with Wyatt have stated that he was frustrated with the burned fiend suit and he was reportedly unhappy with some of the creative around his character and this became an issue with Vince McMahon. But Tonda has indicated that he plans on speaking out when he gives his side of things at some point. Uh, yeah, Wyndham was definitely let go because Vince is a fucking maniacal fucking psychopath. And he basically took control over everything Wyndham did. So then when Wyndham wanted to speak up about his creation... And he wanted to give a viewpoint on where he wanted the character to go. It was way too late because Vince McMahon had fully taken creative control over everything. But no, it's Wyndham's fault. Yeah, it's Wyndham's fault for being difficult, right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. And then they drove this guy into a fucking depression, which led to his weight issue. I mean, do you blame the fucking guy? Look at what you did with him. Look at what you did with the character. There's a reason why he went home and gained weight. You fucking killed him. The entire character was demolished by creative because it wasn't his anymore. Vince and Bruce thought they knew better. Oh, look, we got money. Let's let's take care of it. No, if you let him take care of it and you let him run with it, he would have made you more money in the end. But you took it, killed it, and now he's no longer there. And then you want to claim him to be a fucking issue backstage with behavioral problems. And attitude problems. No wonder. I would have a fucking attitude problem too if you killed my goddamn creation. You know, Bright White is the least of my concerns joining AEW. Really. You know, with the Briscoes being rumored to have signed the new deal with AEW or as soon as their Ring of Honor deal is up, you know, Ember Moon coming on in and Tegan Knox, possibly Keith Lee. So much talent, Johnny Gargano. So much talent out there, man. When Wyndham comes in, you'll know it, you'll feel it, and when he comes in, it's going to be special. There really isn't any way, you know. The- I-, I don't think there's. I don't think there's another place where he's going to end up. If he goes, like, have you watched Impact Wrestling lately? Have you watched Impact Wrestling? That show is as depressing as anything I've watched on TV. How many people are in attendance? Fifty. Holy shit, it's like they're wrestling in fucking silence, it's like they're wrestling with no fans in attendance. Yeah, Wyndham's gonna go there, right? Give me a fucking break. Wynd- if Wyndham goes anywhere, it's gonna be with AEW. If Wyndham goes anywhere, it's gonna be signing with Tony Khan. But there's so much talent out there right now that Wyndham should be the last of your concerns. When he shows up, it's gonna be special. It's no there's no there's no really there's no benefit to waiting around to seeing, oh my God, when is he showing up? When is he showing up? Is it going to be this week? Come on. He shows up when he shows up. I'm not concerning my fucking news or rumors weekly around fucking Bray Wyatt. But everybody thought he was coming out. Everybody thought when the lights went out, it was Bray Wyatt, but we ended up getting Sting. Johnny Gargano wants to wrestle Brian Danielson. I want to see the match happen. Johnny Gargano on his Twitch stream talked about the fact that he wants to wrestle. Brian Danielson, he said he would love to get in the ring with the American Dragon. Says and I quote, "I did watch the match with Page. It was fantastic. They are both amazingly amazingly talented. I wrestled Brian twice on the Indies, both times for AIW in Cleveland. I've said time and time again that he's the best wrestler in the world. I know I say a lot of people are one of the one of the best wrestlers in the world. I truly believe Brian is the best wrestler in the world. From my personal opinion, just because I have been in the ring with him, so I kind of know from experience, but I don't know how to explain it or say why he's the best wrestler in the world. You just got to be in there with him and you just know. You just know. Brian is the best. It's a shame that we never got a chance to. We haven't tangled in the last couple of years, but hopefully at some point down the line, that will happen. Johnny Gargano then told his fans that if they chant his name he will come. Let's start chanting some Johnny Wrestling at fucking AEW shows, man. I'm sure he'll hear it. He watches. He watches. Uh, what I, You know, listen, Johnny Gargano, you know, one of my favorites in all of pro wrestling. Uh, he's going to spend his time at home. He's going to do his Twitch. He's going to spend time with Candace. He's going to father his new baby. He's going to spend time with his family during the holidays. And he's going to come back when he... When he feels like it in the new year. he, he I, I truly believe he will end up with AEW. And that is a major acquisition for them. That just solidifies them, you know, on top of what we already have there. It's The best pro wrestling company in the world. There's no way somebody like Johnny Gargano is going to remain a free agent for long. It would be foolish for anybody to leave that guy out there. MJF. And Dax Harwood apparently ejected a fan, listen to this, posing as an extra talent at last week's Dynamite in Long Island. Fightful Select reported the details on this situation today. The fan went into the locker room and sat in Dax Harwood's seat before being informed of this. So he apologized and explained that he was an extra. He moved over to a seat that belonged to the Blade of the Hardy family office. Once this happened, it became evident to the wrestlers that something was off. So they started asking questions to the person who was putting on armbands. They asked who trained him and stated Jeff Hardy. The only problem with that is Hardy doesn't train wrestlers. The person also couldn't correctly name who booked him as an extra and cited a name that doesn't do, the, that, doesn't do that job. This led to MJF and Harwood ejecting the fan from the locker room and taking the person to someone who worked for AEW that recalled how the same fan had been kicked out of an AEW Boston show in October. The fan also claimed that he was a friend of Taz's, but that clearly was not true either. It was noted that there was no heat on AEW security for letting this fan backstage because this wasn't their responsibility considering the UBS building security was supposed to be handling these types of things on that night. I'm telling you, man. You fans are a bunch of fucking idiots, man. Seriously, you guys are a bunch of absolute fucking mental idiots. Seriously, you have some fucking problems. I is unbelievable. Good, good on MJF and Dax Hardwood for fucking realizing that there was something not right here. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, Jeff Jeff Hardy trained me. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, man, Jesus fucking Christ, at least have all your bases covered. Know who's in that fucking department that's going to get extras on the show. At least you could have given somebody that legitimately trains professional wrestlers. Jesus Christ. Fans are the dumb, I say it all the time. I say it every year, man. Wrestling fans are the dumbest fucks. Yeah, you'll see walking God's green earth, man. I'm telling you. AEW apparently signed Brody King. We talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, Malachi Black posted a video, or actually it was a vignette that we saw on Dynamite about the House of Black stable coming to be. The video showed Black with a person with his face covered, but Black spewed the black mist in the man's face before saying, And I quote, you are now so much more than a king. It's a clear tease for Brody King and fans on social media pointed out that the vignette was filmed in King's house. So it appears that he has signed with AEW. Black and King teamed up years ago when they held the PWG Tag Team Championships. Several people in the company, including CM Punk, have publicly stated that King is someone who AEW should sign. And that appears to be the case. Malachi Black will wrestle Griff Garrison on Dynamite. This coming Wednesday, uh, I have uh, yet to re-familiarize myself with Brody King, and I do think that he's going to be a welcome addition to AEW. Uh, we could we could have the next tag team uh, the next tag team champions of AEW on our hands right here, Malachi and Brody King. Should be awesome. And WWE apparently is very interested in MJF. <laughs> Never happening. Andrew Zarian reported this week on his We're Live Pal show that executives at Fox and USA Network have taken notice of MJF. Yeah, but then they want to claim AEW's cooling off, though, right? But yet they want MJF, especially during his promo segments with CM Punk. Zarian says that he was asked if MJF's deal is really up in 2024 and that someone at one of the TV networks said, I actually stopped what I was doing and listened to him. I don't think I've done that with pro wrestling in a long time. Zarian said that a WWE source told him that similar conversations about MJF have occurred within the company, especially because they are focusing on new stars that can carry the company for years to come. The source told Zarian, he has everything we would want. It really depends on if he could be that same person on WWE TV. No, he can't. And no, he will not. You know, the only reason, the only way I would want MJF in WWE is if Vince and Bruce were dead. Gone completely. Just get them get them as far away from the company as possible. If Triple H was in charge of WWE, then I would give MJF a possibility of surviving. If MJF goes into a WWE led by what will be a near 80-year-old Vince McMahon at that point. I don't see how MJF could ever be MJF. MJF, I'm telling you right now, man, you you think Maxwell is a fucking moron? You, You don't think he knows what's going on over there? You don't think he's in tune with who he is? You think he would jeopardize and compromise his character in any way, shape, or form to go over there? You don't think MJF knows that Tony Khan is... Willing to pay the same amount of money, if not more, to keep him there than WWE's to get him away from Tony Khan? It's never going to happen. It is never going to happen. It will happen when Vince is gone. MJF, for the majority of his career, will, will be an AEW superstar. When Vince is gone, then MJF will maybe contemplate going to WWE. But right now, if MJF goes to WWE, the Miz will be on his way out, and that's exactly what they'll be making MJF into. They'll make him into the next Miz. And that's not really something MJF wants to be. That's all I got for you guys today, man. That is your episode 401 right here on Off The Script. We are going to go over your Super Chats right now in just a little bit. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. 774 likes on the live stream chat right now. Let's try and get to 1,000, man. Can we get to 1,000? So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up in the live stream chat, please go and do that for me right now. Hit that membership, join the channel, become a VIP right here on Off The Script. You guys get custom emotes and badges exclusively to use in the live stream chat and on the videos every single week in the comment section. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications as we are nearing 130,000 subscribers. Let's start at the top, man. Top dollar. You know, fucking top dollar. Donating 199. Please kick Titus out of the venue. I can be the chef. No. No, I'm not I'm not firing Titus, Top Dollar. Go, uh, I hear uh, listen, I hear uh, the sneaker outlet is hiring, bro. I hear the Adidas shop at the outlet's hiring. I think it would be better served there. They don't need you in the kitchen. Kratos with a $50 super chat. Won $150 on a random lottery scratcher. Cora Jade and Darby Allen are acting like children at recess during school hours with their pettiness towards each other. Both of them need to grow up and act like they are adults. Congratulations on that lottery scratcher, bro. That's pretty exciting. And yes, I I do think that Darby Allen was very immature in his reply. If he just stayed silent and said nothing, none of this would have been an issue. Chicken franchise on the menu today. Gather around, says Titus O'Neill with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, Titus. I'm not sure that is uh legit bar food, but we need something uh we need something very appetizing for the games later, bro. Come on now. Smelly Wrestling Geek becomes a member for three months. Thank you for re upping for three months, bro. Lesnar and Zayn, tag team, please. Never gonna happen, bro. Never gonna happen. Travis Drum with a fight all Super Chat. Can't watch the show live with the wife finishing up our Christmas shopping. Just wanted to support the show. Thanks for all your hard work, JD. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Otis, I could have swore you were a new member already, bro. How are you just a new member today? This is very weird. Otis becomes a new member in the venue. What are you drinking, bro? Tyrek Jackson with a two month membership. Nia Jax stan representing. Oh my goodness. I'll keep my mouth shut, being that you just re-up for two months. You can fandom Nia Jax all you want. Just keep it away from me. Robert R. Arnaz with a $5 super chat. You're the best, JD. Keep on beasting for 2022. Can we get a done impersonation, please? <laughs> Ah! Woo! Susan D'Ambrosio with a $5 super chat. JD, you're right. People need to get off social media and get a life and stop sticking their nose in public figures' personal business. Twitter is a cesspool, Susan. Coiled Phoenix with a $50 super chat. Not saying this is true. But maybe WWE was trying to find a way to release Jeff Hardy, and the only way to do it was to say he was under the influence and knew he would deny the test so they would look to justify in firing him. Hashtag conspiracy theory. Listen, uh, that that's also a possibility, but, uh, you know, fuck me for saying, you know, whatever in regards to something like that. People always got to find a way to bitch and moan about something, but. Listen, at the end of the day, he's no longer with the company. At the end of the day, he's going to be joining Matt in AEW. And at the end of the day, as long as he's happy and healthy, that's all we should care about. Never, never, never once did I say that he faked being inebriated. Never. Thank you for your $50. I really appreciate you. Sting, twenty nine. We're a five dollar super chat. Hope WWE doesn't waste Owens' talent again. Keep up the great work, JD. I'm Straight Edge. So can I come into the venue with my Ocean Spray cran grape? Now, listen, uh, Sting. Listen. Yeah, y- you, you, you could be in the venue, but I-, I don't need you bringing outside beverages into the venue. Okay, if you want cranberry juice, I'll have Jesse fucking get you cranberry juice. Magician Sapphire with a ten dollars super chat. I hope KO does have a no cut clause to protect him from Nick Conman and budget cut Laurinaitis. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna DM Sapp on that because um, that that's a pretty that's a pretty damning fucking quote, you know. And I don't want—I don't want to sully Meltzer's name. I don't want to bring bad light to Meltzer if he—if he didn't say that. But it really opens up the, the the fucking discussion. If there's no cut clause, you know, Kevin Owens is really opening himself up to being fired. Knowing what the company has done to everybody else that signed big money deals like that. It's almost as if WWE is saying, Yeah, we'll use you for what we want for the next year, and then when we get ready, yeah, we'll get ready whenever we don't need you. Which then I ask, why would Kevin Owens ever trust WWE at all with anything pertaining to, to that? Like why would you why would you trust them? They haven't done anything for you creatively, so why would you why would you trust them to not fire you? Like, he's making the money, he's making that money for his family great. He's making that money for his family. That's fantastic. But it also opens him up to being very vulnerable and being let go just like everybody else. And he knows he doesn't fit into the the look of what they're looking for or the age demographic that they're looking for. They haven't done anything with him. I just hope for his sake that they treat him decently creative. That's all I care about. Vernon F. With a $5 super chat, you should see the responses on your tweet about Corbin. They agree with you. I know they do. That segment last night was one of the worst of the entire wrestling year. And Happy Corbin's one of the worst gimmicks ever. So the next time he wants to call me the dumbest Person on the planet, he should look at his fucking character. It's the worst wrestling gimmick in all of the sport. Ace Productions with a one ninety nine super chat. Hey JD, can we get a? <laughs> and Titus O'Neil with a one ninety nine super chat. What about some nachos with cheese and guacamole? Yeah, that works. I think people want to watch the fucking basketball games and eat some nachos and some finger foods, man, not fucking chicken francaise. Are you fucking kidding me? I didn't put that fucking shit on the menu. Jesus Christ. We need fucking good quality bar gastro pub food, man. What kind of business you in? I thought you were a smart chef, Titus. Anyway, that's pretty much all I got, guys. That's uh, that's everything I got for you uh, on this Saturday evening. Thank God Sunday is my off day, man. Holy shit. Thank God Sunday is my off day. We are about to get out of here, man. The venue is uh, going to close down. steak and rice steak and rice is not a bar food man I understand you guys you guys are fucking crazy man Oz and Glorious with a $5 super chat. The KO situation reminds me of the Good Brothers. If it gets released, getting signed by AEW isn't a foregone conclusion. Love the stream. Thank you, Oz and Glorious. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you stopping by the channel today, man. We killed it today, as always, for episode 401. I will be back on Monday with the Monday Night Raw post show. Right here on Off the Scripts. Brand new week of contents, Christmas week. We're going to kill it, as always. It's the last week. Edgar, my shades are in the fucking car, man. My legit car. I left them in the goddamn uh, glove compartment. Anyway, uh, Monday, Raw. Tuesday, NXT. Wednesday, the holiday bash, man. So we got some great content coming up next week. Um, SmackDown. We'll be doing SmackDown on Friday, Friday night. No Rampage. I will be watching Rampage at some point, but I will be not. I will not be covering Rampage, so we will figure that out. And then uh, after this coming week, I will be taking four days off until about New Year's Eve, and we will hit it hard. And we will be fully relaxed to start a brand new year of content. So I will continue to fill you guys in on that and what the schedule is for the upcoming week. Until then, guys, Monday. Monday, I will be back on Raw. Until then, I need two things from you guys, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis from my VIP clan in the chat. And when you hear that guitar solo, come on, man. I need that music on max. I'll see you guys on Monday for what is going to be another shit show on Monday night. This has been Off The Script. I am JD and I will see you guys Monday for the Raw Post Show on OTS. I'll see you guys later.